Welcome to Power Yourself, where we discuss the most important topic in the world, you. Welcome to another episode of Power Yourself. My name is Carl, and with me as always is Jillian. Hello, everybody. So how are you doing today, Jillian? I'm doing great, Carl. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. I'm really interested in today's topic because we're going to be talking about something that I have to admit I don't know that much about. I think I know a little bit about it, but I'm interested in learning more. So we're going to be talking today about being present or the idea of mindfulness. So what does it mean, Jillian, when we talk about being present? To be present? I mean, to actually be in this moment. I'm sitting with you in this recording room, Carl, and I am here. My mind is not elsewhere. I am savoring the second of our interaction. I'm being in the moment. Now, there might be people out there listening to this thinking, so what? So you're going to be in the moment. What is What sort of... What sort of benefits does that entail? So we're going to get into that today. We're going to talk about what it means to be present and what the benefits are. Jillian, I, I want to re hit the rewind button here for just a second. And let's go back to early Jillian, back in the early days of your youth, of your life. <laughs> when did you first discover this concept? When did you first employ this concept? When did you first learn to value being present? Well, that's a great question. Um, first of all, it, yeah. Like you said, it wasn't always like this. I think I'd, how I would describe myself on my early years was a bee's nest in my mind. Like it was like that continuous chatter in my head of like fleeing thoughts back and forth. What do I get to do next? Oh my God, I can't believe that mistake was made. Oh my God, like judgment on yourself and just like I think the the best description is a bee's nest. Like it was just chaos in my head. And I think uh, for me, when I chose to kind of uh, take this focus is I realized something was missing for me. And I think that's what led me to start this journey. I was kind of thinking, you know, others or, or things fulfill me. And I realized, you know what, that's not making me happy. So something's missing. So I think once I started asking myself those questions and how do I own that and how do I fill my own tank and how do, how, how do I be happy? <laughs> I think once I started asking those questions, for me, it naturally led down this path of being present because I feel it's really easy to get caught up in the chaos inside of our heads and until we take the time to kind of clean it, <laughs> it's going to be messy. So it's like a, a closet. If we didn't flick anything away and we just flicked our stuff in there, it's going to be a mess, right? Like you're going to walk into clothes everywhere, hanging off, looking just like unorganized and disastrous. So that technically I think was my, my head versus when I took the time to actually clean it and, and get rid of that extra dialogue or that negativity kind of inside my head and just, wait a second, just breathe and kind of be in the moment. I love that analogy of kind of cleaning out your mind, cleaning out your brain. So if we look at our mind as a, as a house with different rooms in the house, you know, you walk into a messy house, a hoarder's house, and immediately we feel a little bit stressed out, anxious. 
maybe even a little grimy. We go, oh, man, there's so much junk in here. But you walk into an organized, clean, professional-looking house, and we feel calm and centered. So not only do we know how to access everything in the house, but it actually feels better when we're in that moment, when we're present. Absolutely. And that is a choice that we make. So are we going to give the time and energy to those random thoughts about our past or about our future or about what's next? Or do we say, no, I'm in control and I'm going to choose to be in this moment that I have right now. I'm going to choose to be here. Because just think of all those random thoughts that come in your head. Who, who listening today fixates on something in the future and we, we think about it in detail and sometimes it doesn't even happen. So think of all of that wasted energy and time that we sometimes put into stuff that never ever manifests. So it's funny you mentioned that because what I'm hearing you say is sort of surrendering a little bit uh, and not being so much of a control oriented person to say, you know what, I'm going to release a lot of the things that I cannot control and sort of be in the moment, whatever that may be. So there's three main things that that mean to be present, three different um, three different sort of descriptions. One is a trait. So to be present is a trait. And that's a characteristic that you can have. So it can be a relatively long lasting trait that you can build up over time. And it's a person's tendency to more frequently enter into and more easily abide in mindful states. So that's a trait. The other one's a state, which is an outcome that we really look at. And I think that's probably what we look, what we think of the most when we talk about being present is it's a state. I'm in flow. I'm in the zone. I'm focused. I'm ready to go. And then the third one about being present is a practice, the actual act, the actual muscle that we can exercise. So we're going to be talking a bit about that today, about what we can do to be present in our lives. Now, it's interesting, Jillian, because it can be a little bit intimidating, I think. Somebody listening to this going, oh my goodness, I, I don't know how to even begin. You know, I don't want to start hearing all about Buddhist teachings and, you know, meditation. And this can be really, really intimidating for a new listener. But I know you, I've known you for many, many moons here, and, and I know that you've talked about meditation, for example, as being something that can be relatively simple to start with. It doesn't need to be a big, dramatic endeavor. It can be something very simple in your life. Is that, would you characterize 100%. it that way? And I feel I've definitely, in the earlier years, I, de I definitely made it more complex than it needed to be. But once again, that was my mind kind of allowing it to be something that it wasn't. So my mind was deciding that it was this this big ordeal and I, I had to have a serene environment and I had to have candles and I, you know, you got this enlightenment feeling. But in reality, and I, like I, I had people that helped me along this process. Like, and I think it was, I went up to a retreat with Buddhist monks and it was getting the confirmation from them, too, that helped me to be like, oh, it's not this elaborate ordeal. It can be extremely simple. It's what I make it. So it could be something like breathing. Just focus on your breath. Focus on it coming in. That feeling of expanding your lungs. And then focus on it going out. And really kind of taking some time to sit with that. Just your breath. It so let's explore, let's explore that a little bit more. So you're suggesting you come home from work, busy day at work, 
we got a bee's nest in our head, and you're saying, go downstairs, find a relatively quiet place, turn off the TV, turn off the phone, dim the lights, and for five or ten minutes, simply sit, be calm, be quiet, and just listen to the sound of yourself breathing. A hundred percent. Like, I, I go through huge spells of anxiety um i went through like a bunch when i started to have like really bad migraines and stuff like that so it was really hard for me to be present or be calm or breathe for god's sake i think um but when you practice that it gets you in such a zen state so i would highly recommend even just before you go to bed just taking that time to take in the air let it sit, let it out, and you're going to have thoughts. Like, we're, we're human, right? So our, our heads are always going, but it's it's our choice to allow it to take up the space or not. So that's what I'm trying to, to let you know you have the power over. You're always going to have thoughts that come in your mind, okay, that wants to take up space. It's like a little child. It's going to be like, whoa, look at me, look at me. But it, it's our choice to give it that space or to allow it to just go from our mind. So I can say, oh, I'm starting to think about my vacation. Okay, I'm thinking about my vacation. I'm going to put that aside. I'm making the choice to put that aside, and I'm going to go back to my breath. So it's not about trying to like dismiss the f- the, that kind of thought process happening, because it, it, it's natural for us to really kind of have that dialogue in our own head. But it's more about acknowledging it and saying you know what I'm not thinking about you right now so I'm just going to put you to the side I'm going to go back to my breath and I'm going to really allow that time and energy to be spent just breathing you know I was thinking the other day in preparation for this podcast about the amount of mental and physical stimulation we get during the day we get up in the morning we immediately turn on the tv we check our phone we check our email we get in the car we drive to work there's horns there's traffic lights there's billboards we get into work eight hours it's non-stop and then what really struck me is over the lunch hour people will sit at their desks they'll check the internet they'll go on their phones they'll talk to people you can go 12 hours without ever having a peaceful moment so true and then all of a sudden, it's the end of the day. You've put the kids to bed. You've watched the TV. You've maybe had an argument. You maybe had a phone call. And all of a sudden, you've gone 16 hours. And you haven't even had five minutes to yourself. So it's, it's amazing how stimulated we can be. You know, I think back to, you know, you hear stories like my grandfather, you know, turn of the century, tilling the fields out in the farm. And I'm thinking, no phone, no internet, no TV, no cars. And it's like... Part of me thinks, boy, what a peaceful existence that must have been. No, of course, I'm sure there's hardships, you know, there's disease and there's awful things. But it's been replaced now in this society by just nonstop noise. So one of the benefits of being present and meditating is the absence, pushing those things out and spending some quality time listening to your own thoughts or listening to the absence of your own thoughts just celebrating the silence so there's so much in our lives that can allow us to be distracted and occupy our time so i think the importance becomes even bigger to make ourselves wind down to make ourselves be present and take that time to recharge a little bit or or maybe you are extrovert maybe you really do enjoy those stimulations, okay? And that's okay. 
but allow your your head a chance to kind of clean the air a little bit and, and be clear. So, like, things I do is I, I never, ever, before I go to bed, I always have my phone on silent. So I only have it so that emergency calls come in. Okay, so that's a big thing. And then that allows me not to, just before I go to bed, be, like, on Facebook or you know, all the social media kind of sites where your head is almost getting caught up in it or lost. So I take that time, I make that conscious effort to wind down and to clear my head versus it's super, it would be easy to say, you know what, I I don't want to, I don't want to sit with myself for a second. I want to be distracted. Yeah, I can totally relate to what you're saying. For myself, it's a little bit different in the evenings, but very similar. I will make a conscious choice to not watch television or not go on my iPad after a certain time during the evening. And what I'll wind up doing is do a little bit of drawing for about 15 or 20 minutes in the evening. It really calms me down. And there's something about like physically creating something that just totally shifts gears mentally. And then I'll try to read a book for about 10 or 15 minutes. And I find that sitting in bed or laying in bed reading a book, knowing that the phone's gone, the iPad's gone, the electric stuff is gone, it really just sort of mentally shifts gears for me, and then I can fall asleep relatively easy from that. And see, that's a beautiful thing, and I love it how we both have different ways to get there. And people listening today might find even more different ways to kind of be present and wind yourself down. But it's not about what you do, it's about doing it and taking the time to like give yourself that time actually like give yourself the opportunity to wind down i always think it fu- it's funny when people are like i can't sleep i can't sleep and i'm like uh, luckily I've, I've never had that and you know like wow i i can imagine being very frustrated if i came up on not being able to sleep if that was one of my realities but when i when i talk to them and, and this is not everybody sometimes like i totally get we go through phases that we don't sleep as well but it's always laughable to me when people I'm like what do you do then when you when you can't sleep what do you what are some things that you actually do with that time they're like oh I just pick up my phone until I fall asleep and I'm like that's interesting to me because you're actually stimulating your mind again so and everybody's different I totally agree but for me that act of picking up my phone and that light being in my eyes would almost wake me up absolutely I know for myself and me you know everybody's different for myself I'm a planner I enjoy planning things out I'm a little bit of a type A personality where I'm really um, competitive and I like to get things done and I like to accomplish things so I know like for example on the weekends if I don't write things down that I'm going to do over the weekend, I tend to get a little bit stressed out. So I can write out a chores list, write it all down on a piece of paper, and then I can go to bed. I don't need to worry about forgetting something because it's written down. So I know for myself, I find that really helpful, that if I can somehow get it out of my head onto a piece of paper, then I can. It, it's a lot easier for me to be in the moment because I can say, you know what, if I forgot something, don't worry about it. It's already written down over there. Yeah, I think that's a great tool to kind of... Uh a great tool to use to just write it down so that it's not taking up the space in your head. So another obstacle that you might run into in regards to being present is being tired, being hungry, 
or being in a bad mood. So these are physical limitations that could render you not in the best state of mind. So, you know, physical and mental are often very closely connected and we have to look after ourselves physically as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about the physical piece to being present? What can we do as far as diet, nutrition, exercise? What can we do to help us be present in those moments? I would say breathing. I would say just sitting with it. Like, like we mentioned, it's easy to get kind of caught up and not be able to, um, to be present. And and I know you've mentioned in, in the past that meditation does not need to be a formal activity. You've mentioned like brushing your teeth or eating a really nice meal. Uh, that was one that struck me. I never really thought of it that way before where you've said, you know what, if you prepare a really nice meal and you put away your phone and you turn off the TV and you put on some nice music in the background and you're in the moment, you're enjoying the experience for what it is. You're not worried about the future. You're not worried about the past. You're enjoying it. And that's like a form of meditation. Oh, it's 100% a form of meditation. And that's the thing. You can do it with whatever act you want to do. do. Do you want to take your dog for a walk? Okay, you can really be present while doing that. Don't bring your phone with you. Just kind of take in the air, look at the trees, concentrate on your steps, concentrate on the dog, (laughs) take that in. Like you said, prepping a meal, okay, cutting up the vegetables, really allowing yourself to be present. Like I said before, you're going to have thoughts that come in your head, but it's about acknowledging them and putting them to the side, okay, and allowing yourself the opportunity just to be in that action. You can do it one of my always one of the pictures or pitches to me uh, for people who are just starting I always say brush your teeth and it's just that act of really focusing on each tooth it sounds silly but it allows me to be present easier okay because I'm actually doing an action so you know you're you're putting toothpaste on your toothbrush and you're, you're, you're putting that in your mouth and you can almost focus on the taste in your mouth, the cleanliness feeling that comes. There's so many little details that we miss because we're so wrapped up in what's going to happen in two weeks or, or what's going to happen at this meeting today. And I feel like we almost, we give up the majority of our lives thinking, rehashing stuff that's happened in the past or focusing too much on things that's happened or going possibly to happen in the future. And I feel by doing those acts, we miss a huge chunk of our lives. So I love what you just said. And I want to drill down a little bit more on this. So let's use the brushing of the teeth as an example. So there might be somebody out there listening right now who says, hold on a second. You're telling me that I need to turn off my phone and turn off the TV and stand there for five minutes and brush my teeth and really feel the sensations of brushing my teeth. Really? And I would argue, yes, you are saying that. And the reason isn't the teeth itself. The reason isn't the brushing of the teeth. It's that you're using this like an exercise. You're using this as a simple, easy way to exercise your mind so that when you are in another situation, you've trained your mind to be able to turn off those other extraneous events in your head so that you can be present in the moment when the situation calls for it. Is that correct? Absolutely. And it's hard to do. It's really easy to kind of give the space to all those thoughts that pop in. It's much harder to, like you said, flex that muscle. And actually put those thoughts, acknowledge them, 
and put them aside. Yeah, so I love that because, you know, for example, you know, I've got a friend of mine who has a big barbell set at his house. And so he works out on these barbells. And I, and I joke with him once in a while and I'll say, well, what are the chances you're going to be outside out and about in the world, and a big barbell is going to need to be lifted somewhere. And we both laugh. The joke isn't that he's going to need to lift the barbell. The joke is he may need to lift a heavy object out in the world someday. So we can view that mentally as well. We're going to mentally lift a barbell when we meditate so that when we're out in the world and life hands us a bit of adversity, we can lift strong rather than lift weak because we've exercised that muscle in our mind. And that's exactly it. We have to practice it. It's almost like we get so mad at ourselves when we we don't 100% succeed. But if you talk to anybody who's actually really good at anything, you got to really give them credit for all the time and energy and practice that they put into it. And I think that sometimes that's something that's not even talked about or considered. And we need to start having that conversation so that people don't feel less than. You know what? It takes a lot of effort, okay, to be happy. I always say it's a choice. But it's effort, okay? I have to wake up and decide I am going to put in that energy today. Because I know for me, that's something I want. I want... I love that feeling of being appreciative or happy or present, but it's not easy every day. Sometimes it, it comes easier, but I practice it on the hard days. And you know what, guys? Sometimes I lose, but it's not about losing. It's about still practicing in the face of chaos. And then you'll realize the majority of the time and more and more that you're actually going to win. But it is. It's about flexing that muscle and building it up. Absolutely. So I think getting discouraged is definitely a pitfall that we're all guilty of on occasion. It's funny you mentioned that. I was watching, actually, I was on YouTube the other day, and I was watching this guy. His name's Bob Ross, and he's an artist. He's been an artist on PBS <laughs> for years, right? And Childhood I, memories. Yeah. And he's like, and I know everyone's got different opinions. I, I watched him paint. I watched a 20-minute episode. He blew me away. I couldn't believe how he was quickly putting colors down and he's so positive and fun to listen to anyway and I thought wow maybe I can paint maybe I can well then of course you try it and you go whoa I'm no Bob Ross I've only been doing this for five minutes he's been doing this for 30 years same thing with golf first time on the driving range it's so frustrating when you watch people just give up after one day on the driving range and it's like well you have to realize it takes a lifetime to master golf or painting or drawing or writing or, or anything that you do so it's interesting how we can focus on either just the destination or we can focus on getting to the destination the journey itself and that's one of the things i really love about you is you're very positive and it's not phony it's not you're not just doing it to quote unquote be nice you truly mean it when someone's at the beginning stages of learning something new and you're encouraging them do you want to talk a little bit about that, about authentic encouragement versus just being nice? I think some people might think, oh, I have to be encouraging to myself because I don't want to be, you know, be negative. But you're saying, no, no, there really is some value in being bad at something when you first start, that that's how you get good is putting in the time on it. Oh, yeah. We're talking talking about practicing, like using that muscle when you first start out. So you can think about running. You can think about um lifting that dumbbell you can think about guitar is another good one painting is another great one you brought up 
when you start out, you're probably really bad, but it's about that putting in that time and effort that will make you good. So when you do, when you are lucky enough to get to that place of achievement or, or feeling good about what you've accomplished within that task, then why be mean to somebody else who's trying? I think the fact that they're trying says way more about the person than how good they are. I, I love it when I see people try. And I think that goes back to our podcast episode. You know, it's about coming from that place of empathy and appreciating where that individual is along their journey. For me, when I can see effort put in, I can be way more accepting and accommodating and encouraging because I know how hard it is some days to put that effort in. I know how some days we don't win. So I think being gentle, not only with ourselves, but with each other and just just be present with it, kind of live in that feeling, allow it to be what it is and just appreciate the process. Yeah, absolutely. Reminds me of a, I want to tell you a quick story here I about being bad at something. Uh, I played hockey as an adult for many years and I wanted to switch it up. So I bought goalie equipment. I wanted to be a nice hockey goalie. And it's, spoiler alert, it's really difficult. <laughs> I didn't realize how hard it was until you're actually standing in the net with goalie equipment on and someone shoots a puck at you and the net behind me just felt huge. It was like, wow, on TV it looks so easy and yet in real life it was so hard. So I was playing hockey with a group of friends and one player happened to have a brother who was in the NHL. So this brother was the guy I was playing hockey with was really good. Although he wasn't an NHL caliber player. He obviously had grown up in a family where hockey was, you know, the skill level was quite high. Anyway, he ripped me for about three, four goals, just slap shots after slap shots. And he scored on me a number of times. And I felt so humiliated afterwards. So in the dressing room afterwards, we're all getting changed. And I was a little down because I felt kind of embarrassed. And I, we, you know, I hadn't done that great. And he came over and he said, boy, you know, great job. And, you know, good on you for, you know, because I know you're new and you're doing great. And I thought, oh, you're, I was thinking in my mind, you're completely lying. Like, there's no way you're being genuine about this, but he's trying to be nice. So I asked him and I said, like, really? Like, can I ask you to expand on that just a little bit? And he said, well, sure. He said, um, and, and this really struck me. This, this has lasted with me for years and years. He said, you know, my brother's in the NHL. So I'm the guy in my family who's not very good. So he says, there's always somebody. Now, he was the best player on, the, on our team by far. And he says, there's always somebody who's going to be better than you. There's always somebody whose skill level is going to be higher. So for me to lord over somebody else and say, oh, you know, I'm the best player on this team. He says, I could go play with my brother and his buddies and I'll be the worst player on that team. It doesn't really matter how good you are at it. It was the connection with the friends in that moment. That was really all he was really caring about. And I thought, wow, what a great lesson to take away from that, that nobody else seemed to mind. In fact, they were very appreciative that I was trying this out. Because it can be really hard to find a goaltender some days. Not everybody wants to stand there and get pelted with pucks for an hour, right? So it was neat. The different, we were coming at it from different angles. I thought, oh, I'm not very good. And he was saying, hey, you're trying something new. And that in and of itself is worth celebrating. Carl, that's something we all go through. So I would say to you, in that moment of trying on being the goaltender, if you just allowed yourself to be present versus having that conversation in your head that you're not good enough, you're not measuring up, 
then how different that experience can actually be for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you and you nailed it. I think if I had to go back and do it differently and, and, and I've learned, you know, and obviously we grow and change over time. You're absolutely right. In the moment, I was worried about letting down my teammates, being embarrassed. And I think we're so guilty of this if we're playing an instrument or if we're trying to draw or we're trying to do something, even if it's in private. That's the thing that I always kind of laugh at myself is we'll be we'll be attempting something where no one else is ever going to see it. Maybe you're writing a book and no one else is ever going to see it. I know somebody who's written a novel and for 20 years it sat in a shoebox. And I'm begging them to publish it. Just get it out there so other people can read it. And they don't want to. They wrote it for themselves. And that's fine. It's their choice. But I'm hoping someday we can celebrate them accomplishing writing a book rather than judging them about whether or not we enjoyed it or not. But we talked about that muscle, okay? So practicing, flexing that muscle of being present. So it's situations like those that that muscle is going to be so useful because it's allowing ourselves to stop the chatter, stop the critiquing, stop the ego in our head and just enjoy that accomplishment of finishing the book or having it. Yeah, You know, it's hard. We beat ourselves up so much, but I think, and that's why I pitch the being the present or, you know, practicing meditation, yoga, whatever you do. I feel that allowing yourself to use that muscle of sorting your thoughts or controlling almost your thoughts, saying, you know what, I'm not going to think about the future right now. I'm not going to allow my ego, the space in my head to critique me right now. I'm just savoring the moment. I find that's when we're our most real. And it's such an exhilarating feeling. Like you talk about practicing being a goaltender. I can remember painting to me used to be this horrific event because I'd be so, I I always started, I always had this vision that I could be such a good painter and you try and I'm like, oh, I'm horrible. It's the mountains not looking right. This is not right. (laughs) And you talk about Bob Ross or, you know, like it's funny that we almost shut ourselves down so quickly versus when I can be present and I, I stop that kind of negative dialogue in my head and I think the way I got here is I actually flicked paint at a canvas. I didn't even try to have a shape. And that act of just being present and in the moment allowed me to have the most enjoyable painting experience of my life because we're practicing using the muscle of stopping the dialogue and clearing the bee's nest so we can just be. <laughs> and by just being, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's neat too. And I know we've touched on this on an earlier podcast episode about the concept of playing. The concept of of trying to get out of your comfort zone on purpose. There's a couple people that I know in my life that they actually get up every day and either every day or every week, they try to do something that is outside of their comfort zone on purpose. So that might be going someplace they've never been before, talking to a stranger if they're introverted. It could be trying a new type of food. And I think that's a great opportunity for us to exercise being present is to try. It doesn't need to be dramatic, like necessarily jumping out of an airplane, although some of us have done that. But it could be something as mundane as I'm going to buy something new for dinner. I'm going to try something new and I'm going to soak in that experience, good, bad or otherwise. You know, my my wife and I have tried to eat more vegetarian meals. Just we just wanted to try it just to see if we would enjoy it better. 
And I have to admit, some of it's been awesome, and some of it's been downright horrible. We just have not enjoyed some of the food, but some of it's been great. And we, we've we got that mental attitude of, this is not a waste of money if we don't enjoy it. We might have to throw out half a container of some food that we didn't really like, but that's okay. It, it, it's the idea that we're trying something new. That in and of itself becomes a worthwhile endeavor. Yeah, and I think our the voices in our head allow us to kind of shame ourselves and not be okay with trying something new. So that's why I, I place a huge importance as well on being present because flexing that muscle, like you said, to actually be in the moment, okay, and stop the chatter by flexing that, then in times when we actually need it, we'll know how to sort through, oh, that's my ego talking. Oh, that's negative Nelly in my head talking. And you can acknowledge it and push it aside and actually savor the moment of trying something new and not being good at it because you know what that means it means you're growing (laughs) that's a great thing to associate that uncomfortable feeling with actually becoming a better person yeah you can read all you want you can be coached all you want but at the end of the day there's really no substitute in life for actually trying something new experiencing something new yeah it's about practicing so you you feel that being present is not in your realm you can't you don't have that handle on it you don't you can't quiet the business well you know what practice it maybe you achieve it for one minute a day and then maybe that one minute becomes three minutes or five minutes but it's by the act of you practicing it will allow you to become better at it and will allow you that clarity that kind of clean space in your head and being present it can have huge results it can cut down on like stuff like anxiety like I know for me when I when I shut off that future thought, oh my God, this is, I'm going to die. Or like, seriously, man, you can have some crazy dialogues going on in your head. But when you can quiet that noise, your shoulders relax, you can breathe easier. And that's what being present actually means. Like it means, oh, I'm here right now. And you know what? I'm going to savor this. Oh, I'm eating this delicious sandwich. Well, I'm going to savor every second of it. And by being in that moment, it kind of allows the chaos to subside. Yeah, it's neat. You know, for those of us that are visual learners, one way you can look at it is that, you know, your life is like a series of rooms and you're moving from one room to the next as you go through life. Well, The future is a room you haven't got to yet. Close that door for just a second. Don't worry about that future room. Now you've got your past behind you. You know what? Do a quick 180. Close that door mentally. You're in a room all by yourself, and you're in the present. There's no past. There's no future. You're sitting in a room by yourself in the present. And you could be enjoying a sandwich, brushing your teeth, sitting quietly by yourself. It's amazing to me when you see, you know, people stuck in traffic. And they've got this serene, happy look on their face. And you go, wow, I'd love to be there someday. You know, they're, they're in the moment, just enjoying the sky and they're enjoying nature, even though they're maybe stuck in traffic and they're not going anywhere for the next 30 seconds. So they're able to mentally flex that muscle. And that's a choice we can all make. We have the power. We can power ourselves to be able to do that. We can make that serene environment. It's whether or not we want to put the effort into it. 
So there's another approach if you're if you're thinking, well, meditation sounds good, but there's other things we can do. I wanted to ask you a little bit about yoga, specifically yoga. I always thought for the longest time until I met you and a couple other people that do yoga, I always thought yoga was just kind of glorified stretching. So I know people who know about yoga will laugh at me and go, no, that's not what it is at all. Can you talk a little bit about what yoga is? Is it just glorified stretching or is it is there a mental aspect to it as well as a physical aspect of it? For somebody interested in yoga, what should they what should they be thinking about? Well, I think it's definitely as complicated as you want to make it. I think for me, I I didn't enjoy it as much when I first started because I used to be comparing myself with others. <laughs> like they can do that. I can I can too. I can push my body into that position. Right. But it was really not until I let go of that expectation of myself and you you just enjoyed the practice of breathing through certain moves like so it was about stretching let's say that so I'm, I'm stretching into a certain position and it's hurting and I feel that pain and by sitting with that pain you'll notice that pain gets a little bit smaller and you breathe through it so for me I kind of look at it as a metaphor for life things can be really uncomfortable growth can be really uncomfortable but if you sit with it and you breathe through it you will likely get through it and probably be able to do it faster and better the next time. So you recommend for somebody who's never tried yoga before, you know, go to your local gym or YMCA or whatever and sign up for a beginner yoga class just to see what it's about. And you're saying it involves stretching, breathing, some standardized poses, that sort of thing? Yeah, like there's our art and I'm sure if you talk to somebody who's really into yoga, like I've, I've done it, I'm by no means a master or anything like that everybody will have a different layer to give you but I really do feel the hardest thing for me and the most rewarding thing was stopping looking at everybody else I even practice yoga now with my eyes closed most of the time because I don't want to compare myself with others it's not about anybody else in that room it's about me pushing through what I've see as a hard moment or a hard move or my body not going there because if we listen to our body our body's going to tell us when when we're pushing past that comfort zone or or when we're straining our body so it's about kind of becoming one with ourselves I, I know that sounds pretty cheesy or whatever but in reality if we just listen to ourselves and our body it would be a more whole connecting experience. People are interested in learning a little bit more. There's all sorts of things on the internet, but one thing that if you wanted to look this up and do some more research on it, it's called the RAIN approach, R-A-I-N. And the RAIN is an acronym, and the R stands for recognize. Recognize what is going on. The A stands for allow. Allow the experience to be there just as it is. The I stands for investigate. You can investigate with kindness. And then the N stands for natural, natural awareness, which comes from not identifying with the experience. So you can identify a little bit more, you know, some people will identify with the rain, some people will identify more with yoga or maybe meditation, but there's different things that we can do in our lives to help us be more present in the moment. But really, Jillian, what I hear you saying, the common theme through all of this is it's a choice about 
two things, removing the expectations of being good at something and also removing any future or past anxiety or feelings that we have with the time, uh, either in the future or, or the past. Absolutely. Being present, kind of savoring the moments. Because when you look back on it, all life is is a bunch of moments kind of linked together. So it's like anything. It's going to be what you make it. It's like a conversation. You could be like, oh my God, I'm late for work. I, I have to get to where I need to go or I have to accomplish something. Or you can make the choice to be like, no, I'm going to really enjoy this conversation. I'm going to actually listen. Now, how foreign does that sound? Actually listen to what the other person is saying and allow time to register it. And by doing that act, which is technically being present, I will also connect better as an individual with other people. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that. I know like the really, really good friends in my life, they have a natural curiosity to them where they seem to be curious about me and I seem to be curious about them. And it's funny when I run into people that are not really good friends and they tend to be on their phone or they're glancing over at the television or whatever it may be. And it's like, oh, I get the feeling like you don't really want to be here. You don't really want to ask me about myself or vice versa. So I do think that, you know, there's some very easy things we can do. Well, maybe they're not easy, but they're simple. But one is, you know, if you're in a room with other people, turn off the phone. You know, if you don't need it, maybe consider turning it off for a while. Uh, at night, consider removing those electronics from your life. And if you're with other people, consider living in their world for a little while mentally. Consider, hey, I'm going to ask them about them. I'm going to ask them to tell me, hey, what's the best thing that's happened to you over the past week? Or give me something that, you know, wh where have you gone recently on vacation? Let's talk about that in more detail. People love talking about themselves. So this is a relatively easy one to do. But there are different things you can try in your daily life to open up your mind and flex that muscle about being present in the moment. Uh, and uh, just imagine the better relationships that you have by just flexing that muscle of being present. How think about it guys you're in your car now or you're sitting down at work or maybe at lunch and how do you feel when somebody is with you and they're a hundred percent distracted or maybe when you're telling them a story and you feel that they already have something in their head that they're they they need to say they're almost interrupting your sentence and how does that make you feel Sit with that, allow yourself some time to think about it, and then adjust your actions when you're in those situations yourself. Be that better friend, be that better companion, be that better person, and really be present with each other and listen to somebody who's having a hard day. And that might not be easy for people to do. There might be some people listening going, hmm, you know what? I'm not actually interested in that other person. I don't want to hear about them rattle on about their kids or their latest vacation. And what I would ask you to consider is really spend some time and ask yourself why that is. Ask yourself if maybe that person isn't really somebody you want in, in your life. Ask yourself if maybe there are things about your attitudes and your perceptions in your world that you can change. Because if you change those perceptions and if you change those attitudes, it's amazing the curiosity and where it leads 
the doors that open up, the relationships you can foster, the untold riches that lie ahead because you were curious about somebody and all of a sudden you learned something new about them. I love, you know, my really good friends in my life, they love learning things. They love learning just little pieces of useless trivia and then all of a sudden someday it's not useless. They go, oh, I, I knew all about this. And you go, how did you know about this? Oh, I met a guy five years ago when I was on holiday. I have a buddy of mine. Whenever he goes on holiday, he chats up strangers all the time. And he knows so much about the world because of it. It's such a huge benefit to him. Never mind all the relationships he's made with other people over the years. Just purely selfish. Well, he's actually listening. And just imagine how much we can take in when we actually listen or we're actually present for that moment. How richer would our lives be if we were present and we did take it in versus thinking about those mistakes we've made in the past or thinking about what we have to do in the future. And if we just focused on right now and savored that. I love it how you mentioned about the friends thing. You know, like when you're younger, it's almost like the numbers game. Ooh, I got lots of friends. But as you get older, you probably have less friends, but they're more true connections. It's <laughs> when you're young, it's like quantity. And when you're older, it's more quality. You know, it's almost like, you know what, I value my time. I know my time is precious and I'm not going to waste it on everybody, you know. So maybe if you're not enjoying hearing about that person's story or like you said, maybe maybe you just don't want to have that connection with that individual. That's okay, too. Well, and I like, too, what you say about as we get older, we tend to value, I find, experiences more than things so it's funny how like when you're a kid you tend to like you say you have quantity it's almost like friendships because you don't have any other assets you don't own a car or a house or you don't have a job you just you know you're a kid you tend to view friends almost like assets like i have more friends than you haha <laughs> aren't i so wonderful <laughs> but as an adult it's more like i already have a house i already have a car i already have a job i already have whatever assets i need so I really value experiences as I get older. And so those become like mental or spiritual assets that I can put in my little soul bank and I can keep those as well. And the only way to get high quality assets in your bank, so to speak, is to be present and truly experience those moments in your life. So I think a lot of times, like you mentioned how being younger, how you're you're almost using your friends as status in a way like you're you you have so many friends and you feel accomplished for having so many friends and I feel sometimes in society that then that friends kind of numbers game it then ends up being more status so oh I, I need that house and I'll be happy oh, oh no I need that car and I'll be happy oh no 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 I I need that jacket or that vacation and then I'll be happy. Notice how we're always kind of moving that happiness result continuously. So by being present, it's like, whoa, whoa, it's not about me achieving that car. It's, wait a second, let's enjoy the process of getting there. Let's be present right now and savor and enjoy where I am, as opposed to waking up when we're 95 and being like, oh, that was life, you know, like it didn't it just fly by. And it, then when you're kind of reflecting, I bet you it's not going to be about how many cars you had or how many material things you had. 
It's about those connections and about being present and really savoring each moment as we're lucky enough to have it. Because if you talk to somebody who's lost somebody, I bet you they're going to say they're probably not going to want that million, you know, multi-million dollar home. They'd probably love a couple of extra minutes with that person. So guys, here, here's the gift. You have that moment with the people in your life right now. Don't waste it being in the future or being in the past. You can choose to savor that moment and enjoy that connection, either with yourself and the environment, so like out in the woods, just kind of enjoying being there, or maybe it's that connection with your friend and savoring every moment of that conversation and really appreciating that you're feeling heard by somebody or you're truly connecting with somebody. Being present can give value, so much value to our lives, but that's the thing. No one can make us do it. So it's something that the light bulb has to switch on and we have to practice it and we have to flex that muscle and use it. And I think the more we use it, the more we'll realize that we're actually becoming present. Yeah, that's well said. I think that's a great way to end the podcast about being present today. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this episode of Power Yourself. Uh, We encourage you to check out our other episodes as well and like us on Facebook. So you can like us, follow us, ask us a question. We'd love to get your comments and your feedback. We'd love for you to get involved. And so again, Power Yourself on Facebook. We encourage you to check us out. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm Carl. That's Jillian. We'll talk to you guys next time.